are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, September 14th, and we have another episode of The Issue here for you today. Now, it has been insane. Week one wrapped up in the NFL. You wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it, right? Mahomes loses. Burrow loses. Pickett loses. A lot of really good quarterbacks fall. Josh Allen Allen loses. loses. Yeah. Um, In some interesting fashion, uh, it was a... Hectic week all around the league. Jalen Hurts looked bad. Yeah, prepping Herbert for, loses. Prepping for today's show was insane because I mean there were so many things to talk about. We can't possibly get to everything, um, but it's going to be a really good one. When you have that much content to kind of boil it down, you know it's packed full of really good stuff. So we're going to start the show today with Tim's rant on Daniel Jones and the Giants. Moving into hits and misses to round out the first segment. And then in the second segment, we'll have our week two predictions. Week two bets on a budget. And to finish the show in the third segment, we will have the news and another installment of the game of the week. You guys loved that one. The ratings showed it on YouTube and all the other platforms this last week. We appreciate you watching and listening. Uh, the NFL is back. We are in full swing, it feels like. Uh, the show is back to how we like it, all NFL, all the time. Uh, so it'll be really good as we move through the season here. Tim won the first week of predictions. Just felt ah. we should mention that and get it out of the way. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's also mention by a freaking landslide, 3-0. and We had three yeah. splits. Um, and really I hit week. all three. I think I had the Saints over the Titans. You had the Titans for some reason going yeah. to New Orleans and winning with hey, the they almost, roster. They almost won. I know, but they didn't. So get. I understand, but it was a close dunker. game. It was a close game. I had Cleveland. I thought Cleveland, they, first of all, they play Cincinnati tough. Cincinnati always starts slow. We'll get to that later now, as well. Now, for that one, I actually applaud you. Not many people saw that one. And then, uh, what else did I have? Oh, I had uh, Green Bay. Yeah, you had Green Bay over the Bears. Tell you, tell you and, Jordan Love. I called him a couple different things. I think I said uh, at one point, uh, the second Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Yeah. I think I at one point said uh, Brett Favre 3.0. You yeah, know, the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. The second was coming of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, um, either way, it was it was an interesting week. I lost with the predictions, but you know that's neither here nor there. We'll get back on the horse this week. But guys, thanks for watching and listening. You can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, iTunes. Google Pod, I said Google Podcast. I don't know. Go check it out. iHeartRadio and the iHeartRadio app. That's the big one. That's the one we have just been put on as of last week. So this is week two on iHeartRadio. We we appreciate the support and uh, all you guys watching and listening. I'll tell you what. I think I'm going 18 and 0 this year on predictions. I'm just throwing that out there. I think it's a possibility. Um, much like people thought the Chiefs, like Nick Wright, who got a tattoo. Saying that the Chiefs were going to go twenty, and I think the tattoo said like never a doubt, you know, never doubting that the Chiefs were going to go twenty, you know, that ended fairly quickly. But uh, I won't be getting a tattoo, but I do think, you know, I think there's a chance that I go undefeated. Just throwing that out there. So let's start with the Giants of Daniel Jones. Obviously, they get uh, you know walloped by forty on national television. Uh, I'm not going to overreact, you know. I don't think that their season's doomed. Um, do I think they can still, you know, be competitive? Yeah. Do I, I, I didn't have them as a playoff team anyway, or like borderline playoff team. Um, I didn't have them as a contender, 
anyway. I mean, nine-win team was kind of their ceiling, and I don't really think that changes. Maybe it goes down to eight wins. I didn't have them winning that game anyway, but I didn't have them getting absolutely throttled by 40, right? That's not something that was predicted, right? If you look at them, there's there's a lot of things to like. Like, in, the, in 2023 football, right, offensive head coach, good, we got that really, really good edge rusher, young, and we have a good guy up the middle as well. So we have two really nice pass rushers and one that can also stop the run in Dexter Lawrence, right? Check. Um, Secondary is a little bit weak, but quarterback who, yes, limited, but in his prime and can move, right? You don't have to be special, but can you move a little bit? Are you good enough with some mobility in 2023? Yes, absolutely. Really good back out of the backfield, can catch the ball, can block, can run. Check. Speedster on the outside, Jalen Hyatt. Now I know he's unproven, but still has speed on the outside. Check. Right. So they have a lot of things to like star left tackle Andrew Thomas that they're now paying. Check. Right? Like they have a lot of things that you could, you would like in 2023 football. But I said this, I don't know, seven starts in a Dan Jones' career. I mean, I mean, for real. I pretty early in, in his career, even maybe when he was picked, I don't even remember that far back. But I said just be careful with average, right? We see the league now is the big swing, big miss, big swing type league, right? You take the big swing. If you miss, that's fine, but you pivot quickly, right? What you don't want to be is stuck in like this quarterback purgatory, right? Like the Raiders were in it for a while with Derek Carr, and I, I'm a Derek Carr fan. But how many times are you going to draft anywhere from 12 to 17, right? And just be like really, really average every year. Or like the Vikings to some extent are in this. And again, it's better than being terrible, but if being terrible can land you Caleb Williams or work the Colts with Anthony Richardson, we saw him flashes of greatness. There's an argument that that would be better. And so now you get into this spot with Daniel Jones where it's like, he's really, really average. And you're like, okay, well, last time we saw him, though, I mean, yes, granted, they lost the playoff game. So I guess the last time we saw him win, you know, against Minnesota, he looked really good, looked really competent. You have to remember, Minnesota's defense was awful last year. Daniel Jones had 17 touchdown passes. If you take away the two games against Minnesota, he had like 12. And what would that be? Like 16 games? Like that's that's not franchise quarterback level. And the problem is, this year right now, I have the numbers pulled up. He's making $15 million against the cap this year. It goes up to $47 million next year. Like it doesn't, you're not gonna be able to surround him with more talent. Like this is the most talented roster that he's gonna have. Now they have a potential out after next year, but if you don't use that potential out, it's still 22 million the year after. And I know that's not that punitive, but this is the most talented roster he's gonna have. And you could say, oh, you could backload some contract. Yeah, maybe. But 47 million next year, and if you move off of him after this year, it's a $70 million cap hit, dead cap hit. Right? So you're stuck with him for next year at 47 million, right? Like, so you're not going to be able to go out and acquire any more receiver talent. You're not going to be able to go out and get another corner. Like, you're not going to be able to go to get a safety. You have to hit on your draft picks, and you have to have those draft picks perform above value. Because as of right now, they're not. And you're seeing what's happening. This is the problem when you get average quarterbacks. And we saw it across the league. I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, bang on Daniel Jones here. I, mean, I guess I am, but it's not just him, right? We saw Kenny Pickett, who's as of right now in his career, a very average quarterback. What happens when the game is sped up? You make bad decisions. Like, average quarterbacks, when the game is sped up, look like bad quarterbacks. Good and great quarterbacks are able to manage the speed of the game. Like Mahomes, no matter how much pressure you get on him, he's still going to be able to make plays. And I know he's an outlier. Tua, 
mean, I, I don't even like Tua. But you saw Tua under pressure, stepping up in the pocket, making plays on the move. And I don't even think Tua is that good off script. But he's able to control the pace of the game. Herbert the same way. Josh Allen didn't do a good job on Monday. Maybe he's closer to an average quarterback than we think. But that's what happens when you have an average quarterback and the game is sped up. It's very easy to get blown out. Kenny Pickett. Daniel Jones. It's very easy to throw three interceptions like a Josh Allen when you're a little bit erratic. Right? So the problem isn't this year. I think they're going to be fine. Do, do I think they're a Super Bowl contender? No, but I never did. Like it, It's not like I was like, oh, the Giants are going to the NFC Championship game. Oh, now they lost by 40, they're out. No, like they're the same team that we thought. But again, that's the problem with Daniel Jones. He can go beat up on, on Minnesota. But when you're facing the contenders of the NFC, AFC, whatever, when you're facing the top, I don't know, third of the league, and that game is sped up for you, Daniel Jones gets really bad really fast. And it's going to only get worse when you pay him $47 million next year. If I was the Giants, I'd look to get out of that contract by next year. I'd look to pay Saquon, backload that contract, and I would start over after next year. This year, I don't think it affects them much. Really, really big issue for next year for the Giants. Yeah, it, it did not look good in the slightest. And I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned is getting pressure on those guys. The two teams, so the 49ers and that played Kenny Pickett, and then the Cowboys that played the Giants. Look, like those are the best pass rushes in the NFL. Um, They're up there. I'd say so, Pittsburgh's also up there. Yes. And, but look how Brock Purdy handled that. And we think of Brock Purdy as Brock a fairly average his quarterback. Ass off. He played his ass off. Made a lot of big-time throws. Um, it's about performing against those great teams. Um, it's about being able to take that pressure and actually thrive with it. When you pressure Mahomes, he is pinpoint. Uh, He's significantly better against the Blitz. Yeah, there are uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there that just can't handle it. And unfortunately, I think Kenny Pickett might be one of those guys. Now, it's a little too early to call, and it is week one. And same thing with Daniel Jones. But, I mean, we've never been big fans of Daniel Jones here. He's middle of the road, very At middle best. of the road. Uh, but he's being paid like he's a top eight quarterback, which is just absolute nonsense. Um, overall... Horrible game from the Giants, and uh, he needs to get that fixed quickly. Yeah, I would agree. All right, guys. Time for hits and misses going over where we were right and wrong in the previous week. All right, hit number one. <clears throat> I said Justin Fields needs to be better from the pocket. I've never doubted that he's dynamic, really good at running the football. I mean, he led them in rushing, made a ton of really nice plays to get first downs with his legs, yeah. but he completed 65% of throws, which isn't bad. You'd like it to be a little bit higher. Uh, was really bad on third down. They were only like 3 for 13 or 3 for 12, something like that. Uh, you know, pass rating of, you guessed it, his career average, 78. <laughs> Let me help you out. That's terrible. Yeah. That's not very good. Um, and it's exactly what we expected. Look, I do I think there's something there with Justin Fields? Absolutely. He's got a big arm. Um, and, and he shows flashes of really nice throws. His pocket presence, his field awareness, the way he sees defenses is clearly not up to par. He's not making smart decisions. He's not taking what the defense gives him unless it's running the football. And I think it's great to be dynamic with your legs, but at the end of the day, you have to win from the pocket. There's no If, if it was about making plays with your legs, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields would just win. They would just alternate back and forth who wins Super Bowls. That'd be it. They'd play each other in the Super Bowl, and they would just alternate back and forth who wins. You have to make throws from the pocket. We talk about this with Mahomes. People are like, oh, but he makes the high-flying play. Yeah, once or twice a game. 
But then the other 22 completions that he has are damn near mundane and boring because he yeah. sits in the pocket and he makes the right play. It's not all about making the play with your legs. Um, 100% agree. You're a quarterback. You have to throw the freaking ball. Uh, you have to be able to to dominate from the pocket. And like you said, Mahomes is a great example. He'll dominate from the pocket, but then also when it's time to pull the ball and run, he can do that too. Uh, Josh Allen can do the same. I mean, now we haven't seen him dominate the pocket, especially on Monday night. But usually, he can drop back, throw dots, and if... If it hits the fan, he'll get out of the pocket and scramble and run and turn it into something. That should not be your first option as a quarterback. If yep. that's your first option, then go be a running back. I don't well, know what to tell you. Because the best plays from Justin Fields this week were all running the ball. Yeah, 100%. I, there was not a single throw where I was like, oh, that's a that's a really, really good throw. Yeah. You know, Jordan Love had a couple throws where I was like, oh, that's fine. We could spin a little bit. Yeah. And I and I think Justin Fields is more talented than Jordan Love. And, I, and, and you're staying in his own division, like, Nobody thinks Jared, Jared Goff's not this, like, you know, big-time, dynamic player. Jared Goff went on the road to Arrowhead and made big throws down the stretch. Like, don't kid yourself. Jared Goff's a much better quarterback right now than Justin Fields. Yeah? Much, much better. Yeah. Missed number one here. Um, I did not expect that from Pittsburgh. Wow. That hurt. Um, so, I still got the Kenny Two-Glove shirt on. I'm, I'm going to double down, and we'll get to it, uh, and predictions. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, I think he'll bounce back. I think he's going to have a really, really nice season. But good God, that was bad. That was bad on every front. I think there's a serious, really serious argument that Matt Canada needs to be gone right now. He's really bad. I mean, the play con was... There's a clip where they run four verts from the eight-yard line. That is ridiculous. Like, that is unheard of bad. Yes. It's unheard of bad. Uh, so, since 2021, every single team in the NFL, every single one, has had a game with over 400 yards of offense. The Steelers are the only team that haven't done that uh, since in 2021. Fact, they've only gone over 30 points twice in Matt Canada's 36 games. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, you've brought in different players. You have... Different quarterbacks. You've changed quarterbacks. You have different linemen. Yeah, I mean everything's been changed. Everything's been manipulated, moved around, and you still have the same problems. It's time to look at the guy in the room that's calling the freaking plays. He's terrible. He's god awful. I there was an article that said he's it might actually be up for a job. You know, a head coaching job. Huh. Um, that'd be worth the Nathaniel Hackett. That would be. I don't even. I, I can I can't even put into words how bad Matt Canada is. He's an embarrassment. To the city of Pittsburgh, he yep. needs gone. Yep. Hit number two. Uh, exactly what we predicted. The Jets O line is really bad. And now, what happens? Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles taking a sack on the third play from scrimmage for the New York Jets on offense. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. It, it's unfortunate to see her, and I, I guess, like, you know, gloat that we were right when Aaron's hurt. Like, you did. I don't want Aaron to be hurt. Like, I mean, at the same time, we're also not gloating. I mean, we're just well, we were yeah. saying we predicted. We, it. Yes, I guess not gloating, but like, I don't want to be right on this. You know, like I don't want Aaron to be hurt. But it just goes to show, bad offensive line with an aging quarterback is a disaster. Like it is a disaster. Yeah. It is trouble waiting to happen. Uh, and Aaron takes a sack, third play from scrimmage, tears his Achilles, it's terrible for New York. Now we have to watch Zach Wilson. Yeah, now this will be something that we talk about maybe next week in a rant or something and squeeze it in somewhere. But are the Jets going to be the same without Aaron? I don't think so. I mean, you had a Hall of Fame I mean, they were down there. 13-3, though. Yes, they, they were. But the Bills also actually defecated on themselves. 
Yeah, that's like, true. Like, they, they lost That was the like Kadarius Tony, like, pissing down his leg on national television. Yeah, I mean, like, you did it to yourself. Like, yes, you came back, but watching Zach Wilson was horrible. Uh, he, he plays football like most people play Madden, where you just get the ball where, and just roll out. Yeah. And not, not even that, but he gets pressure, and he'll just turn around and sprint 20 yards behind him. Uh, and then try to, like, loop around and throw the football. It looks horrible. I'm uh, not a big fan, but, yes, at the end of the day, we were right. Um, we have been saying for the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks that, you know, watch out. The Jets O-line is horrible, and Aaron Rodgers is aging. How many hits can you take? It turns out you can take one, um, and it's a really bad injury. All the best uh, for yeah. Aaron. I don't know if he comes back. I don't know what would happen. Obviously, he's out for the season. I don't know if he returns next year. I don't know what the outlook looks like. We were talking about that. Is it crazy to think he retires? Like I don't Achilles, think so. That's a brutal ten month recovery. And you're old. Eight, eight month recovery. And you're older. That too. is a brutal rehab. Like, is it worth it for him? It's a brutal rehab. You're older, so things are just going to take longer to to be fixed in general. And then plus you come back and what? Then you're even more injury prone. You still have a bad offensive line. I mean, offensive line will turn around like that in a season. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Side note, have we seen three straight NFL primetime games? Now, good games, but where people just on national television piss down their leg? Like, I've never seen three straight primetime games where professional athletes or professional teams just... Actually, like you said, just defic like Kadarius Tony, literally pissing on himself. Sky Moore even. Sky- yeah, Sky Moore didn't look good, but still looked better than Kadarius Tony. The entire Giants football team forgot yeah. how to play football. And then Josh Allen. And then Josh Allen. Yeah. I've never in my life seen three straight games where people just embarrass themselves on on a national scale. It's, it's it, wild. People that are supposed to be good too. Like that people was that are top wild. half of the league. That was wild to me. Top half of the league. All right, missed number two here. I've been a huge Kirk Cousins defender, and statistically he played played pretty well, but in the red zone when it counted, uh, did not look good. Didn't look good in big moments against the Bucs. Actually, down the stretch, got outplayed by Baker Mayfield, which I didn't <laughs> expect to happen. No. Um, so not a good day for us as Kirk Cousins defenders. No. Uh, it, it, you never want to lose to Baker, especially when you are at home. It's just not great. Not a good scene. Uh, and especially when you have a better roster. Yeah, a better all-around roster, better coach. Like, like. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Hit number three here. Uh, Cleveland being Cincinnati. I guess it's more of a hit for me. You did have Cincy. Yeah, uh, but boy. Cincinnati always starts slow, and the Browns have had their number. They're, I think the Browns are 6-1 and one in the last seven um, against the Bengals, and I, that's kind of what I expected. It was kind of rainy, sloppy, so I figured Nick Chubb, ball possession. Deshaun Watson won't lose the game for him, although he tried. <laughs> um, but Cleveland ends up winning, I think it was like 24-3 against Cincinnati. Yeah, all the all the quarterbacks in the AFC North look pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, that's what's crazy about Kenny Pickett's game. Like, there's an argument. I guess Lamar probably had a better game, but Lamar had like three turnovers. Like, there is a... In a in some other stratosphere, there's an argument that Kenny Pickett had the best game of the AFC North quarterback. Seriously, Burrow looked horrible. Joe Burrow put up three points. Deshaun looked horrible. Deshaun looked really really bad. Lamar turned the ball over three times. Lamar turned the ball over three. Like I would probably lean Lamar because he got the win, yeah. you know, and he at least was able to do some things with his legs. I know Deshaun got the win. You can't convince me he had a better game than Kenny Pickett, yeah. and I know Joe Burrow didn't. So yeah. like. It's not crazy. It's not. It's not crazy to say he didn't have the, the worst entire, game. The entire AFC North just decided to take a slow start. Just I guess pissed down their leg. All right, yep. miss number three here. Um, I didn't expect the Seahawks to look that bad. Now I know a lot of people had them winning the division, which I thought was kind of crazy. Like I think they're good. I don't think they're that good. Um, 
But we did know that the Rams, the whole, like, oh, they're tanking, that, we knew that was BS. Like Coach quarterback. Coach league. quarterback league. You have McVay and Stafford. You have a chance. I didn't expect it to look that good, and I didn't expect the Seahawks to look that bad. I mean, they got ran all over. Uh, Gino was not hitting any of the open guys. Maybe it started. you start to think, was last year a fluke for Gino? Can they turn it around? I don't know. I did not expect that, though. No. It, um, I mean, it, that hurt on my bet slip, too. I had, I had Seattle winning that game. Did not think... Uh, They'd lose by 17 at home to the Rams. Did not think that was going to happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's Rams. It's it's the Sean, Mc, the Sean McVay show. Sean McVay, Matt Stafford. He, he's going to be able to uh, orchestrate a lot of things yeah. and get things going in the right direction for them. So I guess no shock there, but kind of a little bit. Um, just didn't expect him to bounce back that quick after yeah. a horrible season last year. Maybe a win, but I didn't expect on the road win by 17. Right. And just dominate the football, really good running game. That, with, that part yeah, was unexpected. Yeah, that was, that was unexpected. Hey, look, Stafford with time is still dynamic. He's a top seven guy in the league with time. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And they didn't even have Cooper Cup, so... Guys, um, that is pretty much the entire wrap-up of Week 1 of the NFL. All the notable things that you need to remember from Week 1. Felt great to watch everything unfold on NFL Red Zone with Scott Hansen. That <laughs> I missed that. Oh, uh, forgot how much I missed that. Um, but stick around. Second segment's going to be good. We are looking into the future once again. Week 2 predictions and bets on a budget coming at you next. Welcome in, welcome in. Week two of the NFL, well, in terms of predictions, we just reviewed uh, week one in the first segment. A little bit of a rant on the uh, the Giants and hits and misses, kind of touching on a lot of the big games. Um, if you guys have any suggestions or any, I don't know, ideas on uh, reviewing more games, reviewing less games, anything that you want to see NFL content-wise, don't be afraid to drop it in the comments, website, whatever. Leave us a review. Let us know. We're always open to suggestions, but we appreciate you guys listening, watching, however you're consuming our content please continue to do so tell a friend share it we really appreciate it um again like i said we reviewed a lot of week one in the first segment we will get into week two of the nfl here starting with predictions and then bets on a budget went one and four last week not good but around uh, around sports media nobody did very good on bets um it was kind of a crazy week one we had a couple backdoor covers that hurt us so uh, is what it is. We'll look to improve this week you know we'll give the we'll give the uh the interview like quarterback look we just didn't have it this week um they just came out there. They made plays, and uh, we just weren't able to find the right answers. At the end of the day, you got to get back to the drawing board and just look to be better next week. Yeah, that and is, that's us right now. That is for sure <laughs> us right now. Um, hoping to piece things back together in bets. I'm hoping to piece things back together in predictions. Never like to go down one zero and in a sweeping fashion to lose all three of the splits. That 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 just hurts. Uh, so looking to get back on the horse this week, and that starts now. Tonight kicks off week two with the Thursday night game. That's the game we are going to start with here for the NFL week two predictions. Here we go. All right, so we got Minnesota at the Philadelphia Eagles. So we have Kirk Cousins on the road in prime time. I think you know exactly what we're going to pick here. I'm going to go with the Eagles. (laughs) Um, We know Kirk Cousins in prime time isn't very good. Uh, And we know on the road he's not very good. That's a really, really good defense. Now, I do have my doubts. Uh, about the offense now without Shane Steichen. It looked bumpy. They jumped out of that 16 nothing lead. But remember, there was a defensive touchdown in there. And then from there, the offense kind of sputtered. A lot of field goals, right? Didn't look smooth. I know it was rainy. It was wet. It wasn't an ideal game. Uh, they were still able to get the win for Philly, you know, in, in Foxborough. But I do have a concern about the offense. But I don't think it's going to matter. Because I think the defense is going to be so dominant. I have the Vikings maybe scoring 17 points. 
you know, the minus seven, interesting. I think that's pretty much right at where I'd predict this game. I'm going to go like 24-17. Philly gets the win at home. Yeah, the Eagles got this one. Uh, Like you said, Kirk Cousins in primetime, never a good thing. Uh, We saw how he played this last week, and if that's how he's going to play against Baker Mayfield, I have no faith in him playing well against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, I think the the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch them battle it out with the 49ers the, the eventually. The front seven is elite. Uh, yeah, it, there's no question there. The Eagles are going to get after um, Kirk Cousins all night long. It's going to be a rough Thursday for Kirk. I got the Eagles. All right, good. Let's go to our first split of the week. The Indianapolis Colts traveling to Houston yeah. to face the Texans. I'm going to go ahead and take the home Texans. They are actually favored by – or I'm sorry, they're actually – one-point underdogs to the Colts at home. Uh, First of all, I know what I'm getting with C.J. Stroud. I think there's a higher floor. Not as high of a ceiling, but there's a higher floor. And I think on the road, rookie quarterback, uh, there's a chance Anthony Richardson can kind of lose a little bit. So I'm going to predict he throws two, three picks. Uh, And I think C.J. Stroud will be able to steady the ship enough for Houston. And I do like D'Amico Ryans being a defensive head coach going against a rookie quarterback. Defensive head coaches against rookie quarterbacks, generally speaking, are really successful. Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. I don't think, obviously, he's that pedigree, but I think he has that level of expertise. Um, so I will take Houston and D'Amico Ryans to to stifle Shane Steichen and that offense and get the win at home. See, I disagree. I don't think you know what you're getting with either of the two quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, both rookies. Uh, we've seen one game from C.J. Stroud. One game. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, we don't know what we're getting from him either. I mean, th- that was one sample size. Say Justin Fields comes out in his first game ever as an NFL quarterback. It looks great. Y- you still don't know what you're getting week two. Um, we haven't seen much. Now, I don't want to take anything away from him. He looked like he was all right. But Anthony Richardson showed flashes as well. I think this is a really big toss-up game. I mean, I understand. I mean, that's what Vegas that, says. It's a point, so it's a, it's a pick em. I understand, uh, you know, the Texans kind of having the home field advantage, though I don't really know any Texans fans that are going to pack that stadium. I don't know how much of a home field advantage it will end up being, but I have the Colts here. That's fair enough. All right, Seattle traveling up to Detroit. Detroit actually fared by six here. I'm going to go ahead and take Detroit. I think they're a better football team. Uh, now, I think it's interesting. I think that's a lot of points. Um, and we'll talk about bets on a budget uh, you know, after this. But uh, the Lions, I think, when you heard Dan Campbell, they're going to get more touches to Jameer Gibbs. And we saw Seattle's inability to stop the run. Uh, and so I do think with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, I think the Lions are going to run the football. Jared Goff off play action is really, really good. We saw Matt Stafford off play action have a lot of success week one. Uh, and so I think if Stafford and them can have that type of success in Seattle, I think at home in that dome for Detroit, I think it's going to be a really, really good game for Jared Goff and that offense. I'll take Detroit. Yeah, I really like their offensive weapons. They look really good. And watching yeah. that Thursday night game against Mahomes was insane. I think it proved just how good Jared Goff actually is to all the Jared Goff haters out there. We've been saying it for years And now. he didn't even, He's made he didn't even play that well. Like no. They only scored 14 offensive points, but they still went it counted. I think that was yeah. what was important. Yeah, they were able to keep the ball away. And even their defense impressed me playing against Mahomes like that yeah it's pretty good that's pretty, pretty solid good. game pretty solid game all around from the Lions all right I didn't expect us to flip this quick on this team but we got the Bears at the Bucks I'm taking the Bucks. I, I look <laughs> I, I gotta say very that's an interesting football team and I did say I said there's a chance that they're you know they're, they're not very good but at the end of the day it's still a good roster yeah like they still have yeah. really nice weapons they still get a pass rush good linebackers yeah um and Baker's good enough with a good roster to win football games and I think at home we've seen 
Justin Fields does not get it done. He's now 5-21. and 21. Do I really trust him to go on the road to a better roster and win? I don't. I'll take Baker at home. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Baker as well, which sounds weird. But he played well, and I've watched the Bears this last week, and I was disappointed by the Bears this last week, and I cannot take Justin Fields again. He's on. He's now on probation for my picks. I will not pick Justin Fields in the Bears. Kind of like Atlanta was for are, a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Atlanta's still climbing their way back out of probation, man. But, I mean, I will not pick Chicago unless they are playing Arizona. I don't even think they play Arizona this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only instance in which I would pick Chicago, though. We talked about Atlanta. Packers traveling to Atlanta to get the Falcons. Uh, Packers actually favored by a point and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take Green Bay. Uh, I think it's yeah. it's a more steady franchise. Now, I do like Atlanta, but Desmond Ritter gave me, what, like 110 yards passing? Mm-hmm. Like Jordan, and, and Jordan Love is, you know, about on the same level, right? But they're... They're showing you that they trust Jordan Love more. They're letting him air it out a little bit more. That shows me that he's a better quarterback. It's a more stable franchise. It's a more clever offensive scheme. I think if Aaron Jones is healthy, better even coach. more so, I'll coach. take I'll, yeah, a way better coach. Uh, and I'll – well, maybe not. I, I do like Arthur Smith. But uh, if Aaron Jones is healthy, I think they have the better running game. So I'll take Green Bay. I do think it's close, but I'll take Green Bay barely. Yeah, I think it's close only because of the quarterback limitations in Green Bay. Also, I'll say they got after the quarterback against Chicago. Yeah, I, think, I think they're going to be, do, be able to do much of the same against Atlanta. I, I think there are more pieces around on this Green Bay team than there are in Atlanta. And that's what it comes down to because I think the quarterback position here, it's a wash. I mean, nobody really has an advantage. Um, so then we I don't know, man. Brett Favre 3.0. <laughs> I think he's got an advantage. <laughs> the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. Put that on a shirt. Brett Favre 3.0. <laughs> All right, Ravens traveling to Cincinnati to get the Bengals. You're going to go ahead and take the Ravens. The Ravens. I'll go ahead and take the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow and company bounces back. Not a ton of stats here to back it up, but I just think I think they're going to. One of those. I mean, they're just going to bounce back. One of the gut yeah. feelings. One of those where it's like I don't think Joe Burrow can be that bad two weeks in a row. Yeah. And so I do think they bounce back. It's feels inevitable, but who knows? They've See, been bad two weeks in a row before, so I could be wrong. I agree with you to a point. But I think I, I do believe that Burrow and the Bengals will look better this week. But at the same time, I also think the same thing about the Ravens. I, they have a lot of talent over there, and they're still healthy right now. And what have we said all offseason is that the Ravens are going to be a very, very good team if they can stay healthy. At this point in the season, they are still healthy. Lamar is still upright. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. So, J.K. Dobbins tears his oh, well, uh, yeah. Achilles. Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, leaves the yeah. game. Tyler Linderbaum, their center, leaves the game. So, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I think they're, they're all think expected they, to play, but like except J.K. Dobbins. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah J.K. Dobbins is out. But uh, the ones that left the game, you know, are expected to return this coming week yeah. again, except for J.K. Dobbins. But I, I don't know. But I, I don't think it matters too much in the run game in, in Baltimore. You have Lamar. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Chiefs traveling to Jacksonville. They get the Jags. I think we both expect the Chiefs to bounce back and go ahead and win this game. And, you know, preseason we were talking about this game. We said the Jags are going to be a really good football team. I don't think they're prepared to beat the Chiefs yet, though. Like, I think that's that's, that might be a bridge too far. Uh, So I'll take Kansas City. And, again, first of all, Mahomes and Reed don't lose in September. Do we really think they're going to lose two the first two games and then lose? They're they're not losing two games in September this year. They just Especially not back-to-back. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't think the Lions were ready to beat them yet either, but they were. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Chargers at the Titans. Chargers. Uh, All yeah, that. there's not a ton to say there. The Chargers are a much better football team. Yeah, I guess on the road, you know, um, the Titans could possession their way to a victory, right? Run Derrick Henry, you know, ball control their way to, to a win. But I, I don't see that happening. I think Herbert is going to be dynamic enough to get a win. Yeah, I agree. 
Raiders at the Bills. We're both going to go ahead and take the Bills at home. Look, I, I know the Raiders won on the road last week, but they're, they're not going to Buffalo and winning. No. Um, also, they don't have a very good defense, so I do expect Josh Allen to bounce back. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's This is going to be the week of bounce backs for, for good quarterbacks yeah. that played yeah, I like think so. absolute shit last week. Yeah, I think so. Niners at the Rams. I'll go ahead and take the Niners. Now, this is like, again, we'll talk about bets. I think this game is going to be close. I think the Rams are going to be able to run the football, but I do expect the Niners to win the game. Like, and, and also, like the whole home field advantage doesn't matter. Like, it will be 50-50 split Niners and Rams fans. Yeah, so. I was I was really back and forth to this game. Yeah. I, I could see it going a multitude of ways, but I think overall, the pass rush, the Niners the have run a game, much better roster. The weapons, much better roster. Brock Purdy's playing his ass off. Yeah, I'll take much better roster. Yeah. Giants at the Cardinals. I actually consider taking the Cardinals, but I do think the Giants, again, bounce back. Offensive coach, there's no way they get embarrassed two weeks in a row. I just can't see that happening with Brian Dable at the helm. Um, yeah, they, they're going to be able to run the football against Arizona, and with a run game off play action, Daniel Jones can be very effective. I think he will be. I think they beat the Cardinals. Yeah, Daniel Jones and the Giants rolling this one. Yeah. Jets at Cowboys. Look, Zach Wilson's not going to Dallas and winning. No shot. <laughs> Next. Cowboys win. Yeah. Commanders at the Broncos. I almost took the Commanders. I do think they have a chance. But again, good coach off a loss. Sean Payton off a loss. Really good coaches do not get embarrassed twice. Like, just almost never happens. I'll take Sean Payton and Russell Wilson to bounce back and win at home against the Commanders. Yeah, I think this is a mismatch, too. I think the the Broncos have a lot of weapons that the Commanders are just not ready to defend. Yeah. Uh, And Russell Wilson should be playing better. Yeah, I think Javante Williams is going to have a big day at back. Uh, three more games here. The Sunday night game, the Dolphins at the Patriots. Now, I considered taking New England. Their defense looked really, really good, uh, you know, for the last, like, three quarters of that football game. They did, but... And Mac Jones looked a lot better with Bill O'Brien. But with that being said, the Dolphins just have too much firepower. I'll yeah. take Tyreek Hill and then uh, two to win all day. Yeah, uh, that offense in Miami is special. I think that's one of the things that we were able to see this week. That was wild. Uh, and I have Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team. Yeah, how big was that? He's 45 like, and a half points. Say, Huge. 50 points. Huge. Insane. Love to see it. Saints at the Panthers on Monday Night Football. We have two Monday Night Football games this week. Saints at Panthers. We'll both go ahead and take the Saints. Better overall roster. and And... I don't like Bryce Young at all, man. You don't like Bryce Young. I do think eventually he'll be okay. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure that he'll ever be great. I think he'll be okay eventually, but not week two. I just don't see it. Uh, prime time game. I'll go ahead and take the more experienced quarterback. Yeah, I'm going Saints. Yeah, I'm going Saints. Browns at Steelers. Our third and final split of the week. Unfortunately, I do think Kenny's going to have a really nice game, but I'll go ahead and take the Browns. I just worry. Steelers have no run defense, none whatsoever. Christian McCaffrey and company, who that offensive line is not very good in San Francisco, and they gashed them for like almost 200 yards on the ground. What is Nick Chubb going to do? I just, that's my concern. I think the Browns run all over Pittsburgh. I think Kenny Pickett's only going to have the ball for like 25 minutes of this game. Uh, Ball possession, ball control. I think the Browns are going to win in an ugly one. I'll go like. 20 to 17. Yeah. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh. Don't feel great about it. Don't have too much to stand on here. But what I can say is that the Steelers always dominate the Browns somehow, some way. Death taxes um, and the Steelers beating the Browns. Yeah, they will find a way to do it. I think Kenny Pickett can't be nearly as bad as he was last week. And I think the weapons will be improved in Pittsburgh. I mean, we've been waiting all offseason for it. They've shown promise. Uh, and I think on paper, it's one of the best weapons rooms around the AFC. I'd argue top five. Um, so I'm riding on that. Week one, things can get off to a bumpy start. You see the actual, you know, first string reps from the other team the entire game. 
takes a little bit to get rolling. The Bengals got it was started slow on their Super Bowl season. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl by any means. It's possible. But I think it's something to look at, and uh, you know, don't be turned off by a slow start in Pittsburgh. You know? That's fair. I got the Steelers over the Browns. I hope I'm wrong there. I hope I. Uh, I hope I only go two and one in predictions this week. You know, I hope you're wrong too. Except I hope you go one and two in predictions this oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See okay. a little, little prediction yeah, battle going enough. on. All right, guys. Those are the week two NFL predictions. Now it is time to get into bets on a budget. We got five this week. Let's get it. All right, guys, let's go. Let's redeem ourselves from last week. Again, a little, little one and four rough start. We will dig ourselves out of that hole, and it starts right now. We're going to start with Seattle plus six at Detroit. I know Seattle didn't look good week one. I know Detroit goes into Arrowhead and upsets them. That does not mean Detroit is six points better than Seattle. No. That's a lot of points. Um, and look, at the end of the day, Detroit's defense, yes, they played well, but I think over the course of a season, we don't expect them to be that dominant. Uh, I do expect them to regress, and Seattle has a really good offense. I expect Seattle to be able to put up some points and keep it close. I'll take Detroit to win, but I'll take Seattle to cover. I'll go 33-30. Detroit wins, and Seattle covers the plus six. I completely agree with that. I think this is going to be one of the closest games. Um, Two teams that kind of remind me of each other, right? Yeah. They're they're kind of similar. Yeah. Um, Like... Fairly underrated quarterbacks, like very, like very um, average, middle of the pack. I, I think Goff is better than Gino. Yeah, yeah, both I think are he very, is too, but I think they're both underrated, though. Yeah, uh, and I think both of the offenses can get the job done. It's just really going to come down to who can make more stops. And like you said, I like Detroit to win. That, that's not that's not in the question. But this is going to be like a two three point ball game. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, I'm going to go 33 30, little high scoring. Maybe take a look at the over as well while you're there. Next bet here, again, divisional opponent getting a ton of points. The Rams hosting San Francisco. Now, that doesn't matter a ton. It'll be a 50-50 split. San Francisco travels well, and it's not far. Uh, But the Rams getting eight points against San Fran is wild to me. That's insane. First of all, McVay always plays Shanahan really, really tough. It's always a close game between those two. And historically, over the last three to four years, it's always a close matchup. Um and let's be real, the Rams are a good football team that people have undervalued all offseason. Stafford's going to have time to throw. Stafford's going to make a lot of really, really nice throws. They're going to be able to run the football. Um, and there's no way San Francisco rips off another 180 yards on the ground. No. I just don't see it happening again. Um, I think the Rams' defense steps up. I think Aaron Donald steps up. And I do think that those receivers are going to be good enough for the Rams to keep it close. I'll take San Francisco to win uh, but the Rams to cover, so I'll take San Francisco 27-23 win. Yeah, the battle between these coaches, it never disappoints, right? You're never going to be disappointed with a Sean McVay and, um, in a Kyle Shanahan football game. You're, not ever will that happen. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, I think you can make an argument for this being the game of the week. We'll get to that later in the third segment. But look, either way, this is one that you're going to tune in for. It's going to be really back and forth. One point, two point game. Maybe it's going to come down to the last second. It's interesting. I like that take. The Chargers, a favor, a favorite on the road at Tennessee. They are favored by three points. I like the Chargers to win and cover. No. Um, look, it comes down to who's got the better quarterback. Better offensive coach, Kellen Moore. Better quarterback, Justin Herbert. That to me is a no brainer. I think they win by a touchdown. I'll take them 27 20 over Tennessee. Yeah, it's going it, to. It, 
I don't see Tennessee even being able to possession their way to winning. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't impress me in week one. He hasn't impressed me for the last two seasons now. Uh, I think he's starting to regress, and I think it's becoming more and more evident. So for that reason, I, I can't see Tennessee really doing anything on their end to to even that score out. Uh, this has blowout potential written all over it. Also, one of the things that shouldn't be overlooked is that Tennessee's secondary is really, really weak. Mm-hmm. And so I think Justin Herbert against that secondary also take up. yeah also take a look at Justin Herbert over on his yards for prop bets. Yeah. Uh, Washington at Denver. So this one is purely based on the fact that we're getting the hook at plus three and a half with Washington, right? So uh, teams that get the hook on the road, generally speaking, cover that spread. Um, so I, I'll just take the statistic of Washington, who defensive coach, hopefully keeps it low scoring, kept it low scoring against Arizona. Now, granted, it's Josh Dobbs, but still kept it low scoring, kind of a slugfest. And neither team has a dynamic quarterback, so it's going to be a lower scoring game. In low scoring games, if I'm getting three and a half, I'm getting the hook. I'm always going to take that. So I'll take Washington at Denver plus three and a half. I think Denver wins and covers. Or, I'm sorry, I think Denver wins, but Washington covers. I'll take Denver like 18-15 weird score. I'll take Denver to win again, but Washington to cover. Yeah, this is one of the uh, scary bets for me. I think this one. Yeah, this is, one's the one I feel not very good about. But again, it's the, it's the statistical bet, you know. Yeah, um, definitely riding statistics hard on this one. But if it hits, it hits. This is kind of our reach. I just don't feel comfortable betting on Denver ever or, or Washington, either of those two teams. Uh, I, I don't feel comfortable betting for. Or against either one of these teams, yeah, like, cause like, cause I, would, I it, would it both... surprise you if Sean Payton and, and Russell Wilson came out and hung forty? No, exactly. And it also wouldn't shock me if they came out and got I'd, shut down. Exactly, if they put up ten points <laughs> and they lose thirteen ten, right? So that's that's my thing. Like, I don't know. This is an upset alert for yeah. Denver, but I do think they barely win. But I do think Washington will cover that three and a half, getting the hook. See, I like to bet on like consistency and, and consistent yeah. teams, and neither of these two teams are consistent. Yeah. Um, that's what makes it tough. So <laughs> that's that's why NFL is so hard to bet on. Yeah. yeah. All right, Miami. I guess this is kind of a reverse hook. They're favored by two and a half, right? So they can get a field. They can win by a field goal and cover the spread. And they are at New England. Uh, and I do like them to win by exactly that. I think they win by a field goal because um, I do think New England's defense is good enough to keep it low scoring, keep it close. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't think Mac Jones in that offense is dynamic enough to to win. I'll take Miami. 23-20. I do think they win. They've been really, really good against New England uh, over the last half decade. Uh, even Brian Flores had success, and he, you know, obviously gets fired. wasn't a very good offensive coach. Even him and Ryan Fitzpatrick had success at New England. I'll take two and Mike McDaniel's to win and cover the two and a half. I am predicting a divisional blowout in the AFC East. I think I think the Dolphins are. Shot. I think the Dolphins are going to absolutely dismember the really? Patriots. Um, I think that offense is so high flying right now. I love their weapons. I think Tua is really good when he's not injured, and you know he's healthy. Um, look, I, I like Bill Belichick in the defense usually, but I think this offense just has too much to to focus on. Like you can't shut down one piece, right? You shut down Tyreek, fine, Jalen Waddle's open. Right? Like And you, their running game is really And their solid running as well. game is amazing. So like there are just so many different I, I think this is Miami's year to really come out, kind of shock the NFL a little bit, shock the world. Uh and I think it starts here. I think it 
starts with them putting the boot right in the ass of the Patriots and saying, here we go. This is what the AFC East is going to look like for you this year. Figure it out, Bill. Yeah. I mean, so I guess we, we both have them covering the two and a half, yeah. uh, just in different fashions. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, a little bit of a tighter game. You have them, again, blowing out the Patriots. Telling but that rounds out our bets on a budget, looking to rebound. I feel really strong about these bets. Seattle plus six at Detroit. The Rams plus eight versus San Francisco. The Chargers favored by three at Tennessee. Washington covering the three and a half, getting the hook at Denver. And Miami uh, minus two and a half at New England, winning by a field goal or, in his eyes, blowing out the Patriots. But either way, those are our bets on a budget. Guys, don't go anywhere. When we come back in the third segment, we'll have some sports news to kind of talk about some of the other topics that we haven't gotten to yet. And then, of course, finishing out with the game of the week. Guys, like that last week, we will make that a staple. And it continues this week, guys. Don't go anywhere. Here we go, third segment on Thursday, September 14th, episode 203 for those who are keeping count. This is the issue. Um, A pretty good third segment here for you. We're real excited about that last um, little segment, I guess, bit within the segment that we have, the game of the week. um, It was my favorite last week. Got a ton of good reviews. A ton of people liked it, watched it, and uh, shared it before the game obviously we were completely wrong we're going for a, a hopefully a better trend here uh we had yeah. pittsburgh and the 49ers as our game of the week last week tough one to have that was not a very That's entertaining a, game at all no tough one tough break for us but like in predictions and bets on a budget we're hoping to get back on the horse here should be a pretty good third segment we're going to start off with the news but if you haven't yet go check out the issuesports.com we got a lot of good merch tim and i are both wearing it today i have the picket to pick shirt Tim's got the Kenny Two Gloves. Uh, there's a Watt Wrecking Crew, a Stairway to Seven, bunch of good Pittsburgh Steelers merch. So hopefully they turn it around. And uh, when they do, you'll have some good merchandise to rock at the tailgates, watch parties, whatever it is that you do on Sundays. Go check it out, theissuesports.com. Yep. Let's get into the news. Strong number one here. Deion Sanders and company. Uh with a throttling of Nebraska, it was like I think it was like 34-16 and didn't feel that close. Um, I've got to say, I don't think in the trenches they're they're built to be able to beat you know the upper echelon of Power Five teams. Definitely not. Uh, like I don't think so in their own conference. Like I don't think they they compete with Oregon. Um, I don't think they compete with Utah. I don't think they compete with USC. Oregon State would be a maybe for me. Um, I think it'd be a toss-up game, but but on the edges and at quarterback, they are as good as anybody in the country. Travis Hunter, Dylan Edwards, Shador Sanders is a legit first-round quarterback. The accuracy, the mobility, he spins a beautiful ball, and I love watching college football because the white stripe. I don't know if that's why. Yeah, I don't know if that's why it looks like it or not, but he throws a beautiful football. Yeah, Um, and so I mean, look, I, I don't know what their ceiling is because, like again, in the trenches, they're not very good. But on the outside in that quarterback, they can hang with anybody, which is going to keep them in almost every football game they play. Yeah. Um, I, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Uh, they've been able to perform well and above expectations. Yeah. Uh, I think everything is to be said about Deion Sanders. He has that team playing really good football. And I think the more impressive part is the turnaround, the flip from what they were. How fast um, it was. You never see that. You never see that. And I think a lot of that can be contributed to NILs too. Um, Transfer portal NIL, yeah. Everything has been so active. This is college football like we've never seen it before. Right? I mean, this is college basketball type stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it does feel more like college basketball being able to turn a program around. 
Uh, like basketball is easier to turn a program around because you need one or two really, really high impact players. Yeah, you get a couple pieces and you're good. Right, because you only have like a 12, 13 man roster. Yeah. You know, you, you only play five at a time, right? So um, it's easier to turn programs around in college basketball, but it seems like this Colorado turnaround feels like college basketball with the the low amount of time it's taken to turn it around. Yeah, this man built an entire team in an offseason. It's pretty wild. Story number two here, staying in college football. Again, it's a different time in college football. Um, it's an interesting season, and that continues with Texas beating Alabama on the road. Tides are shifting. First of all, beating a top five opponent on the road almost never happens. Like It's like the last 100 or like 2 and 98 or something like that. It's wild. Yeah. It just doesn't happen often. And so for Texas to be able to go into Tuscaloosa and win by double digits, to win by 10, <laughs> yeah, uh, is wild. Yeah, I know Bama doesn't have an NFL quarterback, and Texas probably does. Now, I don't, I'm not a huge Quinn Ears fan, but he'll play on Sundays. And Bama's Jalen Milrow probably won't, at least as a quarterback. He's a, he's a pretty dynamic runner. But the roster of Bama is still a better roster. But what I, what I took away from that game was, Oh, Texas, like, Sark can recruit. This team has talent mm-hmm. coupled with an NFL-style quarterback, which they'll probably have with Arch Manning once Ewers leaves. Like, they're here to stay, yeah. and they're here to compete in the SEC when they move to it next year. Yeah, that was a huge win because you have to prove yourself at some point. And everybody was talking, you have to be able to beat Bama. You have to be able to play with Georgia if you want to be taken seriously in the SEC. No, I don't we think they it, can be with Georgia, though. Well, we Just said it two weeks ago, I think, or two or three weeks ago, where, look, some of the teams in the SEC, you just know we're never going to win. Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Like, you go yeah, through. Yeah, just like you just have no shot. And you There's know just no chance. that there is no way that they win an SEC championship. Or even they compete into the college football playoffs because of that. They're just going to get dominated all season. Yeah, I would agree. So, it's big that Texas has showed that that's not going to be them. They can compete with uh, Bama and win. Yes, yeah, so number three, Chris Jones ends his holdout. He's been holding out, um, you know, with the Chiefs here. He wanted like, if he wanted to be the highest paid player in history, or uh, defensive player in history, and they didn't want to pay him it. And he was looking at the other defensive lineman contracts, and he was saying, "Well, I want Aaron Donald," but Aaron Donald was a huge outlier. It was like eight billion above market price. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that just wasn't. He, he wanted more, but that wasn't really feasible. But he ends up signing a one-year deal worth up to $25 million. So he's going to make more in one year. It's an extension. So he's got like two years left on his current deal. So it's an extension. Yeah, uh, He'll make more in that one year, but less security going down the road. So I guess he opted for more money now, less security later. Okay. Hey, that's up to him. But the important part is he ends the holdout. The Chiefs get back probably the best defensive lineman in football outside of Aaron Donald, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and it's very needed. It's yeah. evident that it's very needed. Uh, watching that game on Thursday, you need somebody to be able to stop that run. Like I understand the the Lions have a really good one-two punch to throw. Well, and they, they have a good offensive line as well. Yes, but you have to be able to have a guy up there that's going to be able to plug up some of that. Yeah, because that's, that's my concern with Pittsburgh this week, right? Like you need to be able to stop the run first. Yeah, and and the thing that's scary is Pittsburgh has a great front four. So, yeah, and they still can't stop the run. No, so that's concerning. But either way, Chris Jones re-signing with the Chiefs, big for Kansas City, very needed as well. Yeah, and then I guess that brings us right into our game of the week because it is the Chiefs traveling down to Jacksonville in yep. the heat uh, to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, the Jags are 1-0, having gone to Indy week one. Uh, Lawrence looks good, completed like I think 75% of his throws, uh, 104 QBR, right? 
was able to show a little bit of out-of-the-pocket movement, which is good from Trevor because he's so physically gifted. You want him to get out of the pocket, extend the plays, make those throws on the run like he did in Week 1. Calvin Ridley showed that he is 100% a dynamic piece uh, that they get back. Obviously, he was suspended like all last year for gambling, maybe the year before, and they took off a year for personal reasons, whatever. Um, but either way, they've shown that that offense can be dynamic. But on the flip side, I like on the other side of the ball, I worry about their defense against Mahomes, right? So the secondary is okay, a little bit overrated, and they do not generate as much of a pass rush as you like against Mahomes. Like, they need to bring pressure, and we talked about earlier, what happens when you bring pressure against Mahomes? He's unbelievable against the blitz. You have to get pressure with three or four uh, against Mahomes, and the Jags don't do that. So my concern for Jacksonville is – can you get pressure with four? Probably not. And what does that do to your to your secondary? Well, it leaves them, uh, you know, one on one, right? So if you get the blitz, that leaves your guys one on one on an island. Which maybe, you don't like. Maybe one safety deep, but either way, you don't like one on one against Mahomes, no. right? That's not ideal. No. And so, I that's a that's a huge concern defensively. On the I guess on the going back to the Chiefs on defense. Um, it comes down to can they stop the run, right? Can they stop ETN? Can they stop Bigsby? Because if Lawrence is throwing on third and four, second and five, right? Downs where it's a good down and distance where you, it's not a bona fide, hey, he's dropping back to pass, right? Yeah. You want to keep, I know Trevor Lawrence is really, really gifted and he's not a rookie anymore, but he's still a young quarterback. You don't want a young quarterback third and 12 dropping back to throw and everybody knows he's going to throw. So, if Chris Jones is going to play, which I think he will, but like, is he in game shape? Is he playing considerable snaps? Or is he is he on a pitch count? Is he on a forty snap limit? If he can stop the run, if they can stop the run, I think they have a good chance because on third down they've shown they can get a pass rush on third and long. But can they get to third and long, or is it going to be second and four, third and three? Yeah. So that's, I guess, like the keys on each side of the ball there. Yeah, just. You're going to need to stay ahead of the chains if you're Jacksonville. If you get behind them, you're screwed because you, it's going to probably be a shootout. I see this matchup being very similar to a uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers when they played Kansas City. Uh, yeah, where it's it's not like – I guess it's not Miami-level shootout, but it's somewhere in the upper 20s, low 30s. Yeah. I mean, it's going to go back and forth. So if you can't score – I mean, if you're Jacksonville, you should have to – scoring first should be your goal. Um get on the board first, and then from there, you have to find a way to keep pace, like no matter what it is. Yeah. You have to find a way. And then if need be, you have to have the halftime adjustments of a century in the locker room if you're going to adjust some things and beat an Andy Reid team in the second half because we know what happens when Mahomes comes out in the second half. Right. So I, I, The entire thing flips on its head. So I guess let's go, let's go over some keys to win for each team. So starting with Jacksonville, I think the primary key to win – is run the football. Like I just yeah. said, keep Trevor Lawrence ahead of the sticks. Even bad, well, I guess they're not a bad defense, even average defenses to below average defenses are a lot better on third and long. Right? Yes. If you can, if they can stay in third and long and keep you behind the chains, they automatically become a good to very, very good defense. Which I guess would be coupled with that, the offensive line has to play a right, fantastic yeah, so you, game. Yeah, yeah, you got to get a push. Yeah, you got to get a push to stay ahead of the chains, run the football. You have a couple good backs, ETN and Tank's B- Tank Bigsby, who can take more. Like He's a, a bit of a bigger back, a little more power back, so you can give him a lot of carries. ETN, a little bit more finesse, get him out of the backfield, get him on the edge a little bit more. So the the double, you know, the multi-layered attack with the run game is going to be big to stay ahead of the chains, stay in third and shorts for Lawrence where he can thrive. Yes, 
he can bail you out a couple times a game. You don't want him bailing you out of third and 11s each drive, right? Give him some easy third and threes where he can hit a guy in the flat. He can scramble for some first downs. On the defensive side of the ball, or I guess also with that, get the ball to Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is that guy. Oh, yeah. And if they're going to leave you in one-on-one, if they have to fill the box— so if you can run the football, they have to respect it. They have to fill the box. If you can get Calvin Ridley one-on-one, take get those deep looks. shots when you can Yeah, because he's dynamic. Well, the biggest thing, you have to get the ball into your playmaker's hands in these types of games. Like, the great ones have to be great. Like, yes, the offensive line and the running game has to be there, but I would say along on the offensive side of the football, and even on the defensive side here, your great players have to play like they are great players. Yeah, You have to come to this occasion and show out. Yeah, I would say defensively for Jacksonville, the key to win is keep Mahomes in the pocket, right? Like, they don't have a dynamic guy on the outside that is going to consistently win one-on-ones. Yes, they will occasionally. Every receiver is going to occasionally win a one-on-one. Right? Kadarius, Tony, Shifty, Sky, Morgan get open. Who knows if Kelsey plays? But they have decent enough corners, and the Chiefs don't have great wide receivers that if you can keep Mahomes in the pocket and limit that play to three or four seconds as yeah. opposed to nine or ten when he's scrambling, that, that's what you want. that is huge. So if you can keep him in the pocket, you have a chance. For the Chiefs' key to win, stop the run. You have to stop the run. Yeah, and uh, what catch the freaking football. Well, catch the ball, and I was going to say, get tight ends involved, whether it's Kelsey or not. I do like their backup tight ends. Get them more involved in the game. You have to have a layer down the seam like Kelsey provides, mm-hmm. whether it's him or not. I know you're never going to replace him. But you have to at least have somebody that can get up the seam like Kelsey and use that to your advantage. They did not use the tight end to their advantage uh, in week one. Yeah, they did not. Um, it, it, when he was he was absent and it was very evident, Yeah, you have to find a way to not be so reliant on one player as well. And like we talked about it too, I think the Chiefs need to do something. that Now this isn't just for this. This is obviously isn't for this game, but something I just think outlook for the Chiefs while we're talking about it. Yeah. You need to find some more receivers, right? Well, yeah, and Kelsey's like, like 33, 34. Like, that, that's not going to last forever. No. Like, you're going to have to find somebody that you can develop into a high-end number one target. Yeah. Whether that's another tight end or whether that's a wide receiver. Yeah. But on the Chiefs' side of the football, too, going back to this game, you have to... Like I said for the like I said for the Jags, you, you have to show up. You have to catch balls for for the greatest quarterback in the league, right? Patrick Mahomes is putting him right there. Catch, There's no way Kadarius Tony's that plays. bad again. Um, I just don't buy it. Yeah, so I think the Chiefs have more of an upper hand here. Obviously, so, in their yeah, favor. So what's your prediction? I was going to ask. Score and everything. Um, obviously we're going Chiefs. Um, I do see it being higher scoring because at the end of the day, I think both offenses are really good and. The Chiefs' defense has been historically middle of the road. They kind of have the theory where they just, you know, pay all their offensive pieces and kind of figure out the defense. It's uh, interesting. Um, it's been working. So I'm going to say it's going to be close. 30, 33, say 33-31 Chiefs. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to go two-point game. I'm going to go 28-27 Chiefs, very close. I all think right. at the end of the day, Lawrence is going to make one more mistake than Mahomes. I like it. Slightly younger. They're going to force him into one more mistake than needed, and uh, that'll be the difference. So I'll take Mahomes barely and uh, the Chiefs. I like it. Guys, that was our second edition of our game of the week here at the issue. Uh, that time, Chiefs and Jags. Going to be a great week two matchup and a great week two of NFL football all together. So, guys, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for watching the show. Make sure you go check out theissuesports.com, everything we got going over there. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's right there on the homepage. Just type the email in, click sign up, and then go accept that over in your inbox, and you will receive the newsletters every single Wednesday when they come out. So, guys, until then, 
enjoy this week of football. Um, savor in it. The NFL is here for 18 weeks, and we are already on to week two. Enjoy every second with Scott Hansen that you can. These are all personal opinions, and that was the issue.